There's a reason why in Florida, professional wrestling was deemed an essential business. Because it kicks ass. This is Heel Turns and Headlocks. And this is Bear DiGiulio and Brian LaPrey. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of the Heel Turns and Headlocks podcast. I am your co-host, Brian LaPrey, and with me as always, the Undertaker, no, the Apex, we've already done that one, you're already the mayor of Claymore County. Let's uh, just keep it at the mayor of Claymore County today. What a nickname, and we here love Drew McIntyre, but what a nickname. Not the point, I guess kind of the point, point is we are here to talk about the wwe and more specifically the upcoming pay-per-view hell in a cell and at hell in a cell there are currently five scheduled matches three of which will be competed within the confines of professional wrestling's most demonic structure well we're gonna dive right into those and give you our thoughts and preview the card a bit and maybe highlight some of the stories that you've either been anxiously following along with or maybe not realize they're as interesting maybe even nuanced as it may seem so we're going to dive right in and that means beginning with i guess we could just begin with the only match that doesn't really have a quantifiable thing on the line and you got some bad blood there you have a guy who got hit by a car Trying to get revenge on the guy who allegedly hit him with the car. Sign me up. That sounds like a hellacious match. So it fits the bill. And that is the recently returned rock god Elias going up against the charismatic enigma Jeff Hardy. And if you are unfamiliar with the story, it basically goes like this. A few months back, Elias was, well, he was slated to take part in the Intercontinental Title Tournament. Before that could happen, however, he was hit by a car. Jeff Hardy was arrested for this, accused of drunk driving by Sheamus and many others. And ultimately, Elias was sidelined for the better part of, really, the better part of the post-WrestleMania year. Fresh off of winning a match at WrestleMania over King Corbin, Elias saw all of his momentum taken away because he got run over by a damn car. Jeff Hardy maintains that it wasn't him, but Elias is not so sure, and that's why he broke a guitar over his back a few weeks ago. This match bear, big for both men, but really, I mean, it can kind of make or break the momentum of either man since they both just got drafted to Monday Night Raw. And nobody, including Brian, will ever ever forget that, uh, that unforgettable concert performance from Elias just last week on Raw. The Universal Truth, which I believe is the album title, coming soon. You know, Jeff Hardy, pro- I, I don't think he hit Elias with that car, but it's justifiable. Elias doesn't know that it was actually Sheamus, or was it actually Sheamus? We don't know. What we do know is that this match will probably open the show, and it ha- we, we, we hear it here, heel turns and headlocks often say, like, this has the potential to steal the show. Brian will preach it to anybody that'll listen that Elias has 
some undeniable untapped potential. And we already know that Jeff Hardy is one, you know, and many people can maybe call him one of the greatest of all time. He's got the longevity above all else. So this will be a hell of a show, a hell of a match, I should say. Elias wants that return smash hit. I'm using music uh, uh, references there. But Jeff Hardy, maybe he'll be able to silence the songbird. I don't know. I'm excited, though, because, again, this has potentials to steal the show. And above all else, you know, I know Brian can probably agree to this. We hope that it brings Elias to the next step in his career. Because, again, he's got this untapped potential and... We're excited to see where he can go from here. Absolutely. And, and, you know, Jeff Hardy, as Bear said, I mean, one of the greatest of all time, if at the very least, one of the most popular wrestlers ever, right? You know, three-time world champion in WWE, three-time world champion in TNA, tag team champion pretty much everywhere. You know, the Hardy Boys, one of the greatest tag teams of all time. And again, one of the most popular tag teams of all time. Jeff Hardy is a beloved figure within the professional wrestling world. And I think what maybe wrestlers like Elias are upset about is Jeff Hardy keeps getting chance after chance after chance. If he messes up, there's always another door open. And we're all about second chances here at Heel Turns and Headlocks. By no means are we judging. But a guy like Elias, he's kind of waiting for his first chance i'm fairly certain the only title match he's had was that great match he had with seth rollins a few years ago for the intercontinental championship that's a long time you know if you've seen elias live you know very well that this man holds a crowd in the palm of his hands we all reference seattle that's one of the great on the mic moments in professional wrestling history no hyperbole necessary and that man was doing similar things pretty much every time he came out on monday night raw You know, he's been in the ring with John Cena, The Undertaker, Edge, Trish Stratus in memorable, if not unforgettable segments and or matches. You know, he's seemingly got the popularity, which has always been a feather in the cap of Jeff Hardy. It's just always been about opportunity. Well, opportunity is knocking because he's facing one of the greatest of all time. He has... excuse me conceivably he has being right on his side if that makes sense you know if he truly believes that jeff hardy ran him over with a car revenge seems like the right thing to do unless somebody did it for the rock um i just uh but no look elias if you listen to this podcast you know or if you follow us on the socials and if you don't go ahead and follow us We'll give you all the necessary links at the end of the episode. But Elias, the guy is money. He's only 32 years old. He's already really in, what is it now, about three years since he got quote-unquote called up. He's been a mainstay on whatever show he's been on. He recently won a match at WrestleMania. He has a WrestleMania moment with The Rock, uh, excuse me, with John Cena. You know, that the guy seemingly has it all. It's just about when is that? one moment going to come that he takes that next step this could very well be that one moment and speaking of moments well we've got a guy who recently on friday night smackdown has been having to defend his signature career moments as not a fluke and that is otis 
perhaps one of the more polarizing wrestlers in WWE right now. A guy who actually is, I hate to overuse this word on this episode, but very popular. Heavy machinery, got over very well in NXT, did the same thing on the main roster. Otis, oozing charisma, has a very unique look about him. Very unique, like really unique charisma as well. There's not really anybody you can compare him to. Uh, but The Miz, as well as John Morrison, have been tormenting him to the point of getting Otis's girlfriend, Mandy Rose, traded to Monday Night Raw, dreams. Um, This all has culminated in one last match between these two. Miz got drafted to Raw. Otis was drafted to SmackDown. Otis's tag team partner, Tucker, as well as Miz's tag team partner, John Morrison, also drafted to Raw. And now because of... Law Notice, which was actually a very entertaining group of segments. Uh, JBL, the judge of wrestlers court, or at least a participant on that front, brought into <laughs> our television screens in a similar capacity. And he ruled that on Sunday at Hell in a Cell, Otis will defend the Money in the Bank contract against The Miz and Bear. Normally, these matches seem like there's no way this guy's going to lose this. He's having too strong of a run. He's going to hold on to this contract. This could really go either way. We've seen something similar before. So at Wrestle, you know, a couple years ago, a man by the name of Mr. Kennedy did win the money in the bank. And then he lost that briefcase to Edge, thus giving Edge yet another opportunity at the gold, winning it. Great so, historic reference here. Bear, always on top of it. I'm not as good as you, but that's okay. We've seen The Miz already successful in his career. I mean, you know, he's already won the Money in the Bank briefcase in 2010. He cashed in on a man by the name of Randy Orton. Miz has had a lot of success in WWE. One WWE championship, which I alluded to before about his Money in the Bank briefcase. Eight-time Intercontinental Champion two-time United States champion. He's won the tag team championship a total of eight times. I don't know. I can't read apparently. He won the mixed match challenge with Asuka. He's done a lot. He's already a grand slam champion. He's won some slammies, if that's anything to you. The Miz has done it all. And he's been a thorn in Otis's side. And now with the brand split, or the, excuse me, the draft just happening, this is this ends at Hell in a Cell. This whole feud, unless Tucker defends Otis's honor, or if that guy by the name of El Gordo Gordo, I believe they called him on Raw. Yes, you know, striking similarity to Otis. They're not the same. It's like Mister America and Hulk Hogan. They weren't the same, right, brother? We ha- we actually have sources that tell us that that is the cousin of the mythical El Generico. Ah, there you go. We have sources now. I didn't know that, but shout out to Brian on the, on that one. Look, you know, Otis won the Money in the Bank just a couple months ago. He hasn't really teased cashing it, cashing it in quite yet, and the Miz is devious in his plans to get this Money in the Bank briefcase away from him. The, it, this could be very beneficial for the Miz if he wins because he'll be thrust right into the world title conversation. Meanwhile, Otis, still on SmackDown, has quite a hurdle in Roman Reigns if he does want to cash in that on the Universal Champion. There's many different routes that this match can go down, and 
I don't think this is going to quite steal the show quite like Jeff Hardy and Elias or any of the other matches that we're going to talk about, but it's got potential to be maybe one of the more entertaining matches above all else. Absolutely. And look, Otis is having quite a year, maybe quietly, but he is having quite a year. You know, he and Mandy Rose were able to overcome Dolph Ziggler and Sonya Deville. Uh, You know, Heavy Machinery has actually picked up quite a few big wins. They had that tag team miracle on 34th Street fight around late December against the Revival. That was a really good match. Otis and Tucker obviously have had this feud with John Morrison and The Miz where they've actually won in tag team competition. The issue has simply come down to this. It's really been a matter of can Otis now legitimize himself as this world title level wrestler people have been waiting to see that happen you know there's really no way around it that's just all it comes down to people have been waiting to see that happen and you know otis won a match at wrestlemania that that's you know that's a big deal he won the money in the bank ladder match and look he beat john morrison in singles competition in consecutive weeks on smackdown John Morrison, no slouch himself, a multi-time Intercontinental Champion. But beating The Miz would really go a long way towards proving that Otis is someone to take into consideration when you're talking about potential contenders. Now, there's still a lot to prove either way, but this could be a big stepping stone for him. But on the other hand, we couldn't help but notice a little frustration in the voice of one man named Tucker during Law & Otis, when he talked about the fact that since this all happened, all he's been able to think about, all that Otis has been able to focus on has been beating up The Miz. Perhaps Tucker feels like Otis overlooked the obligation of teamwork with Heavy Machinery. They could have been pursuing tag team title gold together, but instead you have Otis going after his own dreams. Where does that leave Tucker? I'm just hypothesizing they could be thick as thieves and overcome all of this. But my inquisitive mind can't help but wonder, could we be seeing something unexpected once again? And could Miz become a two-time Money in the Bank winner? Well, Money in the Bank briefcase holder. Let's put it like that. It's possible. More so than most seem to be. And I think that is why it actually is a pretty entertaining matchup in the, ter- in the sense that we don't really know what's going to happen. And that element of surprise is always promising. Next on the list, and this may very well be the main event, but we have next on our list, the Universal Championship match. The first of three Hell in a Cell matches. The only one with an additional stipulation, that being an I quit match within Hell in a Cell. An interesting wrinkle to what has been A compelling story that has seen Roman Reigns somehow become loved or at least respected. Took a long time. Vince, you finally did it. Uh, Roman Reigns is in the midst of easily his most appreciated Universal Championship run. Uh, He defeated Braun Strowman and The Fiend in a triple threat match to win the title. And in his first defense, he defeated Jey Uso in an absolutely outstanding match that some have even heralded as five stars. Roman then went on to beat the ever-living crap out of Braun Strowman in the way we've 
really never seen Braun Strowman have the crap kicked out of him. Jey Uso not only made the save, but also previously made the challenge for a rematch. Roman Reigns agreed, but he said there will be a condition. More specifically, there will be consequences to this I quit match. And last night on SmackDown, Roman Reigns revealed that the consequence will be if Jey Uso loses, both he and his brother, and I suppose in turn Naomi, are out of the family and the tribal chief will reign without, <clears throat> excuse me, without their assistance. And Bear, that, I mean, that raises the stakes to an even more personal level. And the personal nature of this rivalry is exactly why it's been one of the driving forces behind a very successful time in SmackDown's history. There's a real chance that this match main events the show, and justifiably so. Roman is at the absolute top of his game right now. And quite frankly, so are both Usos in this feud. You know, when what we saw in SmackDown last night when, you know, Jimmy and Jay used the numbers game against Roman you know, having Jey Uso attack him from behind, having him attack Roman from behind. And, you know, this feud is personal above all else. Every match on this card is personal, but this one in particular, you know, it's families colliding. One of the most famous families in wrestling history, you know, they have a guy by the name of Dwayne Johnson, a part of it, you know, he's, Who? he's pretty big. Yeah. Some, some rock guy. I don't know how they're going to get a name like the rock over, but yeah. I guess we'll see how his career goes. You know, above all else, it's an I quit match. You know, forcing a man to to say the word I the words I quit are definitely just it's hard to do, right? Especially, you know, as powerful and as proud, prideful, proudful, prideful, obviously, as prideful as these men are, it's it's gonna get extreme. And in an environment like Hell in a Cell, it's going to really, you know, hate to say it again, probably steal the show. You know what I mean? And if it doesn't, it's definitely going to, it has the potential to get bloody. It has, you know, all the elements are there for another really good match. You know, at Clash of Champions, we saw the two of these, the two of these men have a really good match to say they can't do it again. Absolutely. And look, Jey Uso... <laughs> Look, all credit to Jey Uso, because we talk about the, you know, the evolution of Roman Reigns. And it's been incredibly impressive to see how this attitude change and this alliance and allegiance with Paul Heyman, of all people, the man who, how many times did we see him prevent Roman from beating Brock? And now Roman is kind of resigned and sold his soul to the devil and said, I'm going to resign to the fact that Paul Heyman knows what he's doing. He's managed multiple world champions, the truth. And now here he is again. Uh, but Jey Uso, his evolution, I mean, they've just been, you know, he's been perfectly honest. He's owned it. And, and that humility, that sense of just self-realization that he is the other Uso in a lot of people's minds. He is the, really the forgotten member of that family in terms of professional wrestling and now here he is potentially main eventing a second consecutive pay-per-view for a world title and just like at clash of champions this like really people don't know what to expect and that's a beautiful thing in wrestling and 
I'm very excited for that match. And while we did not put it in the order of main event, we'd be happy to see it in the main event. It should be another incredible bout between two very talented wrestlers in a personal, personal way. Now, mentioning that match inevitably leads us to the other men's world championship match and that is the wwe title bout between drew mcintyre the reigning and defending champion and randy orton now this is a feud that i mean technically they wrestled nine years ago but we're not even going to talk about that because drew mcintyre is a different person now plain and simple he's a different person different competitor but he and randy orton have over a year of history Right? Like this has been brewing. We first saw them kind of share the ring, if you will, in that incredible money in the bank match that had an ending that people weren't terribly fond of. Um, but great match nonetheless. And then around November, December, we started to see Drew McIntyre and Randy Orton a whole hell of a lot more often together. There was the chop heard around the world that had Randy Orton's ears ringing. There was the Triple threat match, really good triple threat match between AJ Styles, Drew McIntyre, and Randy Orton. And then, of course, over the past, let's say, three months, we've seen some outstanding matches and brutal, brutal fights between Drew McIntyre and Randy Orton. Of course, there was the match we never saw coming at SummerSlam where Drew McIntyre kind of out Ortoned Orton, where he used the element of surprise in the way that Orton does, and he picked up the win. An awesome theme, by the way. So if you hated McIntyre versus Lesnar at WrestleMania, go back and watch it. Drew McIntyre out Lesnar Lesnar. That's a good story. I digress. At Clash of Champions, well, we'll, we'll give a spoiler. Ladies and gentlemen, we are compiling our own five-star match lists. We figure... Multiple voices in the world isn't a bad thing. We don't judge anybody else's opinion. We just want to give out ours. And for me personally, that ambulance match between Drew McIntyre and Randy Orton is everything great about WWE. Five stars for me. That match was outstanding. Uh, if you haven't seen it, spoiler warning, pause and go watch it. Three, two, one, here we go. Uh, if you have seen it, you'll remember that three men got involved. And that was the big show, Christian and Shawn Michaels. And then, of course, Ric Flair at the end, driving the ambulance away, all getting their revenge on Randy Orton, who has spent the better part of the past year being what he is, the legend killer. And they fought back and they were triumphant and it was an awesome moment. But then the next night on Raw, you remembered, wait, Randy Orton doesn't like all these other people. He's not going to forget. He's not going to feel defeated. He's going to come back until he can't come back anymore. And so he took them all out with night vision goggles. And now here we are. One last match, Drew McIntyre versus Randy Orton for the WWE Championship inside of Hell in a Cell. And Bear, we talk about stealing the show. This could steal the month, the year, the company. Let's give a quick shout out to our social media guy, Brandon LaPrey, who posted the stat yesterday that Drew McIntyre has been WWE champion for over 200 days now, which is an incredible feat in an era like this. You know, the list of legends in this 57 year history of the WWE championship. I'm not going to read all the names, but guys like AJ Styles, Bob Backlund, Bret Hart, CM Punk, Randy Orton himself, Shawn Michaels, a guy by the name of John Cena, 
you know, the ultimate warrior, triple H, Seth Rollins, the list goes on and on. McIntyre's had a hell of a run as champion. I, I'd be surprised to see him lose the championship here to Orton, but anything could happen in sports entertainment. You know what I mean? And this story since Randy Orton started eyeing his sights on the WWE championship has been really compelling television. I think the feud is just about over after this match, unless of course, hypothetically Orton does win. Drew is definitely going to want revenge because they've been going at it for months now. long-term story that they're telling here and there's been you know bray mentioned it guys like shawls have been involved the big show randy uh rick flair excuse me and christian who we love here at heel turns and headlocks we're gonna have an episode on him oh yes it's you know this feud has gotten personal and it's it's been perfect to really kind of give the WWE championship a little more spunk to it you know what I mean? And especially giving Drew this incredible historic reign. Since he won it at WrestleMania, he's been the guy. You know, other than Roman Reigns, of, Roman Reigns, of course. But it's going to be exciting. You know, I don't want to look into spoilers or anything a little too much. But we're seemingly on course to see Drew McIntyre as WWE Champion heading into Survivor Series against Universal Champion Roman Reigns, which will bang as a match, even if we don't get that, even if at Survivor Series, Randy Orton is the new champion, we'll get Randy Orton versus Roman Reigns. <sighs> Sign us the F up. You know what I mean? But at Hell in a Cell tomorrow night, it's, I can't wait. You know, all these matches have the potential to steal the show, but this one, this one and the next match that we're going to talk about, tell the most story, which is really all we ask for as wrestling fans. Absolutely. Look, Drew McIntyre, I think it's kind of funny, right? You know, Drew McIntyre, when he entered WWE, he wanted to, he was the chosen one. Vince McMahon went on national television and straight up said, he's the chosen one. He is a future world champion and former intercontinental champion, but it didn't really work out, right? Drew McIntyre ultimately left the company, came back. You look at Roman Reigns, tried to be the good guy, tried to go the straight and narrow. And while he had success, it was rarely sustained. And, and quite frankly, people weren't really receptive. They didn't believe what they were seeing. It's kind of funny that both guys took a 180 and ended up on top. Roman Reigns being this villainous persona where he's just so ruthless and remorseless to the point that he would do anything to his own family just to better his own success while making these egomaniacal claims about I'm going to have to hurt you and kick you out of the family so I can take care of the family. It's ridiculous, but you know what? It's kind of everything we've ever wanted to see from a guy who's good guy shtick. We didn't believe because we saw deep down, this is who Roman is. And then you do the flip side, Drew McIntyre. I don't think I'm being, I don't really think I'm exaggerating much when I say this. Probably on the short list of the greatest quote unquote baby face champions of all time. How look, oh, we don't have a crowd. You can't really channel it. Yeah, you can. We all know about social media. We all know about public perception. It doesn't take having 20,000 people in one arena to know. Drew McIntyre is pretty much universally respected at this point because he has been everything that we want a good guy to be. It's wrestling. You're fighting. You're fighting people. 
You're putting your body and your life on the line. And he is going out there and saying, anybody who wants a shot, come get it. And he's not, he's not, I, I really don't know how to put it better than just saying, it's not a Superman story. And we love Cena, so don't take it like Cena. But Cena often bit off more than he could chew. McIntyre seems like, I mean, who's running through this guy? Because he ran through Brock Lesnar. 6'5", 265, pure muscle, freak athlete, powerhouse, incredibly gifted, everything about him, right? And he stood up for the legends. He's been the really just the voice of himself and the voice of others. I, I, I really, I've absolutely loved this entire, what is it now? Six, seven months that Drew McIntyre has been on top. And, and I don't think you could do a, I don't think you can be the guy better than Drew McIntyre has been the guy. And in difficult bizarre times he has really helped carry wwe and i think you can genuinely make a case that whoever wins this hell in a cell match might walk away as wwe's mvp for the year of 2020 and if you don't think they're the mvp that's fine because hey our idea of a main event pretty much invaluable if you want to talk about two people who have been on top of wrestling sustainably throughout 2020, busting their ass despite everything, including a pandemic. I, I really think you could make a case that nobody has carried WWE as a whole more than these two women who have been on every single show doing that job. And that is- I'm gonna, these I'm gonna cut you off really quick. Yeah. This match better main event. Yes. Is this the last time we expect to see these two women in the ring? No. I, I, I'm pretty hopeful that, like you saw, if you know wrestling history, and I know many of you do, Bret Hart and Stone Cold Steve Austin met at Survivor Series, and they found a way to stretch that rivalry all the way to WrestleMania. No reason you can't do that here. In saying that, hell in a cell, two of the greatest of all time, in the prime of their careers, with genuine bad blood between them, please. SmackDown Women's Champion Bailey having one of the greatest title reigns in wrestling history. Plain and simple. Love it, hate it, you can't deny it. Against the best wrestler who can't sustain a world title run? Is that fair? I mean, <laughs> she's never successfully defended it between Raw and SmackDown. Against Sasha Banks. Best friends, elite in-ring performers, whatever you want and if you really want to get hyped go watch on smackdown this this week's smackdown when sasha banks got her first pound of flesh from bailey with a steel chair as she finally got the women's champion to sign the contract for this match sasha banks zero and two and hell in a cell though bear and god the layers for this match are you keep peeling and you keep seeing more this has all the makings of a classic, you know, it started as two belts banks and Bailey dose straps being the golden role models of WWE Same after they five. lost. Yep. <laughs> after they lost the um, women's tag team championships, they went for them again. They lost. And that's when Bailey really just took it at Sasha calling Sasha a loser, doing all these things that, really solidified Bailey as the top heel 
in maybe all of wrestling, right? Not just, not just in women's wrestling, but just wrestling in general, which is crazy to think about because we all saw, we all, we've all seen Bailey's evolution as a character starting from, you know, this just lovable, huggable character in NXT moving on to the main roster, just layers, layers on layers on layers. Both of these women have just insane amounts of layers of character development. Really, the men can take note. You know what I mean? I don't know what it is, but it's crazy to think about that. You know, if you told me last year, Bailey and Sasha Banks should main event Hell in a Cell, I'd say you're crazy. And now here we are, and I'm really hopeful that this match main events this show because it has all the makings of a classic. There's so many different layers, so much motivation because Brian said it, Sasha's never successfully defended any women's championship, be it the raw women's championship or the SmackDown women's championship. And meanwhile, Bailey, I'm going to use the word that Brian used before elite right now. There are only two other women in history. This is, this is this stat is thanks to Sports Kita. Two other women in history have held titles as long or longer individually as Bailey. And that would be Trish Stratus and Becky Lynch. Two perennial Hall of Fame talents. Trish is already there. Becky will definitely be there one day. So will Bailey and Sasha, of course, but we're in the middle of a renaissance in women's wrestling. We should have another evolution too. I guess we'll get there when we get there, but I digress. And if you keep listening to our podcast, you'll eventually find out that we're going to fantasy book that. And I can't wait for that, which we should, we should probably do that soon. So, you know, Bailey, one of the most decorated women in pro wrestling has done it all. Former raw women's champion, two reigns and current SmackDown women's champion and NXT Women's Champion, and we mentioned a two-time Women's Tag Team Champion. She's done it all, and she's still going. I can't wait for this match. I really, truly do hope, and I'm going to beat the hammer home on this. It should be the main event. You know, what a long way we've come from therapy sessions, right? You know, what, what a long way we've come. Th this feud... I mean, we talked about, you know, Randy and Drew having these deep roots and obviously Roman and Jay, it doesn't get much deeper than that. They're family. They grew up together. Bailey and Sasha, in a way, grew up together as well. Yes, they weren't kids, but they came into WWE slash NXT Performance Center around the same time. Their ascension through NXT pretty much paralleled one another. And as Sasha Banks has said throughout this feud, there is no you without me. And I think that's the truth. These two women have existed. More realistically, they've coexisted throughout this entire time. You know, they, as Bear said, multiple, multiple times, they've won the women's tag team titles, including the inaugural reign. But it's not just that. Bailey made her Raw debut as a tag team partner of Sasha Banks. Bailey had her first signature moment at NXT TakeOver against Sasha Banks. When Bailey was starting to get to a point where it seemed like, you know what? She's escaping with the SmackDown women's title right around, let's say the halfway mark of this current reign, maybe even a little earlier. 
she'd solidified her place as a top star and, and legitimized her place as, you know, if you're a fan of tennis, let's say, you know, you know that Rafael Nadal, Roger Federer, and Novak Djokovic were the three biggest stars in the world, but there was a quote-unquote big four. Bailey was like Andy Murray. Yeah, she was good, and she's won, but she's not quite on that level. She's just better than everybody else. Now Bailey's on that level. There's no denying it. Bailey is doing things that, as Bear said, very few people in the history of wrestling have done with a world championship. And Sasha Banks is a big reason why, because right around that turning point where it seemed like, you know what, people are starting to figure Bailey out because match by match, she's having to weasel her way into a win. Sasha comes in and kind of saves the day, extends the reign. How many women could be women's champion right now, or at least have it on their resume, if not for Sasha helping Bailey? And that's what's so compelling about this match for Bailey. She needs to prove that she can escape the shadow of Sasha Banks. But for Sasha Banks, we've been saying for the better part of the past five years that she might be the best women's wrestler on the planet. It's just every time she climbs, she seems to stumble back down. We've seen Asuka sustain title reigns. We've seen Becky Lynch, Charlotte, and now Bailey all sustain title reigns. Alexa Bliss, Ronda Rousey. We've seen more than five women come in during the prime of Sasha's career and successfully, not only successfully defend titles, because Naomi successfully defended a title, Carmella, all these women have done it, and Sasha can't. She's won it five times, five-time Raw Women's Champion, and she hasn't defended it ever. Well, the only way to defend it is to win it first. So now you not only have this personal element, but you have this need for Sasha Banks to prove that she is what she claims to be, and that is a legitimate GOAT candidate, which she is, but she needs this because Bear, if she beats Bailey, yet another wrinkle in this story, she would join Bailey as a Grand Slam champion. That another layer. Another, another layer. layer. Every time you think you've figured out what makes this match compelling, another thing comes into play. This, I agree with Bear. This needs to main event needs to main event if it doesn't it's not the end of the world i suppose but man this come on last year by the way becky lynch versus sasha banks inside of hell in a cell one of the best matches of the entire year legitimately no hyperbole that match was outstanding one of the best hell in a cell matches ever and that's saying something regardless we are thrilled for this pay-per-view to be coming up little surprised at how few matches have been announced, but we understand the draft came at a rather awkward time in the calendar. Um, nevertheless, we are excited. These five matches all have the potential to either steal the show or severely impact the landscape of WWE, if you will. We could see really three new world champions, and we could see the money in the bank contract not only change hands, but change shows. So... Really, we're excited for this. Let's go, Elias. And uh, on that note, Bear, we got a we got a number to show. 614-450-0366. If even if you don't want to text it, that's fine. Because we're on social media, which by the way, thank you to everybody who likes us on Facebook. We just finally 
you know, we were hovering at that 599 mark for a couple of days and it was eating at Brian and I, um, but here we are over 600 likes on Facebook. You know, we are very happy with the interactions that we've been getting. We're still working out the whole Twitter thing. Bear with us. Um, the interactions uh-huh. on Instagram, uh-huh. the interactions on Instagram have been awesome. And we, we just can't thank you enough. And we just, we, we thank you. Yeah. And by the way, Bear is great at shelling this. I'll let him do it. Whatamaneuver.com. We're not only on Below the Collar, but now what a maneuver, Bear. We are killing the merch game, baby. Whatamaneuver.net. Ah, I'm sorry. Oh, God. I'm that's, okay. I, that's okay. Don't edit that. That way I sound smart for once. <laughs> Whatamaneuver.net slash collections slash heel dash turns dash headlocks. We have hoodies. We have shirts. I think hats are coming soon. Don't quote me on that. That's just kind of like on the rumor mill. I can't wait for hats. Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean you, uh, you you can't see a picture because we're not idiots, but Bear's Child is rocking heel turns and headlocks merch. Check out the Facebook. He's got the shirt on and you can too. You can join little the little guy. <laughs> And on that note, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for all your continued support. We love you so much. Uh, Happy almost Halloween. We'll be talking to you again before then. But nevertheless, happy almost Halloween. If you are going out, please stay safe. Wear a mask. If you're not, wear a mask when you open the door. Give people some candy. Got to give the people what they want, Excalibur. And on that note, I've said that multiple times. Got to come up with okay. transitions. We'll Don't figure it out. It. I'll do it one more time. On that note, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much. We love you. This is Heel Turns and Headlocks. I am Brian LePray. He is the incredible Bear DiGiulio. Oh. And if you can only do one thing for us, for yourself, for the people you love, keep on loving professional wrestling. Boom. You've been listening to Heel Turns and Headlocks with Bear DiGiulio and Brian LePray. We hope you enjoyed the show, and we'll be back soon with more. But until then, reach out on Facebook at Heel Turns and Headlocks, on Twitter at Heel underscore Turns underscore Pod, and on Instagram at Heel Turns and Headlocks. We'll see you next time.